tuning in to another episode of SME Speaks HR, where we bring you all the latest HR news and trends. SMA South Florida is an award-winning boutique HR chapter that provides outstanding networking and professional development opportunities to the HR community. My name is Noya Hastings Ritchie. I am an HR consultant who helps organizations review, reinvent, and reinvest in their resources to keep them viable and competitive. I am passionate about making people and organizations better. I am also the program's chair for the Staffing Management Association, South Florida. Also with me today is my co-host, Brandon Campbell, who is an employment lawyer at Jackson Lewis, and you'll be hearing from him in just a moment. Brandon? Hi, everyone. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm happy to be here today. We've been doing these podcasts for, for some time. And we have a wonderful topic coming up that Noya is going to introduce. Thanks, Noya. (laughs) No problem, Brandon. Well, as a human resource professional, you may sometimes wonder how to respond to employee complaints, right? We must, however, be mindful that complaints are subjective and that employees and or individuals on a whole are feeling more stressed and sometimes can be misconstrued. However, How can a complaint be used to improve efficiency and employer branding while allowing for better engagement and building trust between employer and employees? So basically, we're going to look at, you know, how employees um, making a complaint to HR or their manager, you know, how it can be used constructively to better the company and better the teams. Brandon? Yes. And so right now, um, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give us a brief overview of the issue. And so right now, you know, in today's market, many many HR professionals are are calling this the the great resignation. And it's it's showing that you said many employees post COVID um, during that time off have sat down and thought about what they want their lives to look like. And so as a result, when these employees come back. Uh, now they're not willing to stay with you know, certain companies, companies that that they believe are not consistent with their values, or maybe these employees are just not happy. But there are there are various you know, resignations happening at this point, and and at this point more than ever, companies are trying to learn, are trying to figure out what they can do to maintain their employees and and a workforce. How can they make their workforce and work culture better? And so last podcast, we talked about what the what the companies could do to make their employees feel like they were with or belonged to the company and to the culture. But this time we're going to talk about what can the employees do? Because it's a it's a two way street. It's a it's a two part conversation. It's not you know, it's not just the employer, but it's also on the uh, employees to do what they can to contribute to try to make the workplace better. And so um, launching off from from that avenue, my first question to Noya is, why do you think it is important for employees to complain? Thank you for that question, Brandon. I think it is extremely important for employees to complain or to get their voices heard, right? To feel that they are a part of an organization and that they can 
you know, help the organization to improve. So in them complaining and talking about different things, management can also document and see how they can improve from one quarter to the next or one year to the next. And also on the uh, for on the point of view of the employees, they feel empowered, they feel a part of the organization, they feel that they are making a difference when their voices are heard, are being heard. And as Brandon said earlier, you know, it's the great resignation. And if employees are not seeing where employers, you know, their values are coinciding and they have really sat down and thought about it, you know, in this COVID time, what we can do and how we can move on. And if employee, if employers are not careful, then, you know, the the company will be down to like bare bones because persons are not sitting down waiting for, you know, employers to make them feel empowered. They are taking that power from the employers. So it's absolutely important for from a perspective of empowerment and from uh, just to be heard and just to be seen as a part of the group and to improve on the different structures, the different functions, um, just the different values that the organization holds as well. Anything to add, Brandon? Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, it, you know, just to bring the bring the great resonation in the context, um, according to the DOL, the Department of Labor, four million employees quit their jobs in uh, April, and so. Uh, that is a that is a staggering number. Staggering you know? number. <laughs> and and uh, right now, you know, and so what, what's the deal? And so when and so when we're talking about the importance of employees com complaining, you know, there are things that workers deal with. And the most common way, what I've heard, because I've asked this this question in in certain former in certain forums, and workers deal with all kinds of issues every day. And the most common way that those issues are dealt with um, are, are through gossip. Uh, you tell your coworker, talk to your friend, your family about it. But the person who's the problem never knows. The person who the issue is, the manager, the, the supervisor, or, or whoever never knows because most employees have a fear that their companies are gonna somehow retaliate and things like that. And I mean, I could tell you from the, you know, from the employment law standpoint, um, right now it, it's, it's hard pressed to find, you know, say many companies that are willing to do that, especially in this climate. Um, this this climate is a very very difficult time. You want to be, um, you say companies today want to be on their P's and Q's in light of all the different social movements that we have today, in light of COVID nineteen, in light of the new laws we have in in, in place. Um, companies are really trying to are really trying to make an effort. To make sure that employees feel feel welcome, but it's important for employees to complain or to make their voices known because the companies are going to are really today trying to build a better workforce. Most most companies I deal with and represent are really um, trying to build a better workplace, and they cannot do that unless employees are willing to to speak up. Exactly. And so I think and the next. Exactly. And some of those will come in the form of an exit interview, you know, when employees are tired. So that's where they will get their complaint and their feedback. Oftentimes, though, management, you know, they don't do anything about it. But I do believe that 
that's very important and that's a key aspect in assessing the organization and looking at where they're at and how they can improve as well. So with that being said, Brandon, do you think that it's safer to complain today than it was 20 years ago? Um, I would say so. I think, you know, I think you know, today's workplace, um, in my opinion, has gotten more progressive over, over the years and more understanding that it definitely has to listen to employee complaints. And in many cases, the company has a legal obligation to do so. Um, I'll, you know, I'll tell you about a legal concept called the Farragher uh, defense, which is a concept that it's a legal principle that that basically says if an employee complains of any different type of hostile work environment claim, and there are several different, you know, some variations of that, uh, the company gets a defense, you know, against the claim if the company um, made a reasonable effort, made a reasonable effort to a prevent, you know, to prevent any type of workplace harassment from happening, and if the company investigated uh, once the harassment was complained about. And so, from a legal standpoint. Um, companies really have uh, really have an uh, obligation, if you will, to really take certain complaints, you know, what I'm saying seriously. Uh, and um, and you know, from my standpoint, being on the management side, I've you know I've run across sparse or very few clients that did not take their complaint reporting procedure seriously. Uh, most companies I've worked with um, take that very very seriously, and most really try to investigate and get down to the bottom of it if somebody makes any type of complaint. And so, especially in today's world, in today's climate, uh, you know, it's definitely a time, I mean, you know, so many people talk about, uh, you know, you know, why they're not happy at work and what they can do to make the workplace better. And they complain and you'll go on social media, uh, you'll go on, on Twitter, you'll go home and make different, can make different complaints. But right now it is really a time, uh, especially in today's era, that employees need to be voicing these concerns. Um, you say through the process, whether it's through the whether whether it's through the complaint reporting procedure. Uh, if your company has a handbook, I recommend following that. But in some kind of way, you want to make sure that if you feel like there's any kind of un, unfairness happening or any kind of um, mistreatment happening, or you're not feeling comfortable, or, or even if you feel like your workplace culture. Uh, if not inclusive, that's a complaint to me. That's that's something that should be brought up. Um, and today, companies can't get better. The workplace can't can't get better if uh, employees are not willing to contribute to that process. And so, uh, those are my different thoughts on that. Noya. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true, Brandon. I agree. I agree with, with those points. You know, and um, I do believe that employers have to be open and willing to accept the comments the suggestions that employees make because sometimes it the suggestions are real or the complaints are real but oftentimes they are pushed aside and or the employer will have some sort of psychological hold maybe not retaliate outward but subtly in a way retaliate and make the employees feel like okay they don't belong belong or kind of badger them a little bit so i do believe that employers also have to be open um brendan no yeah i want to say that that's something that 
that never happens. So, but what I will say is that right now in today's comment, when you're talking about retaliating and badgering employees, it's a very, very bad time. It's not a legally found thing to do. It's not a, uh, from a liability standpoint, it's not a, it's not a good thing to do. I mean, we just talked about in, in April, 4 million workers resigned. You know, so all right, so the question is, you know, does today constitute an uh, atmosphere where companies are going to be retaliating against people because most likely your company's not going to do well if that happens. I mean, we have employees leaving companies, you know, saying left and right. And so, you know, now is the time that, you know, one, now is the time to try to make sure that if you have an issue with your company or with your culture, that you want to that you want to face something, you know. You want to face something. You don't want to be be silent, um, and you want to make sure that you are doing everything that you can to, to try to make your workplace better. And you know, as an employee, you know, if, if you're doing that and you're finding out that that the atmosphere or the environment isn't right for that, that's going to be something that should be taken into account with regards to whether you continue working at that place, you know. That, that's definitely going to be something that that should be considered. So, yeah, you know, I definitely think that employees today should be mindful of. Uh, the next question uh, is going to be, you know, how can that complaint be used to improve the organization as a whole? Right. So that's a very interesting question. So companies have to be more strategic and think more strategic of how they want to position themselves within their marketplace or within their industry. So, and it all starts from the top with top management and how people communicate, right? So once a complaint is in, I believe that in order to improve your brand and your image, that's very important, right? Because you don't want people to be leaving all, um, every minute or you don't want people to, to be talking about how management is not in tune with the employees feelings especially because you know persons are highly stressed now and they want someone to listen to them and so on so complaints can be used to improve the company by just their branding how they are seen by the employees as a company of choice to other persons it can be used to attract persons because when persons complain and things are done to resolve those issues, the company improve on their processes, improve their camaraderie, improve their teamwork. And so they will become more attractive to the persons looking on the outside. And so that is what companies um, will want to do. Do you have anything to add to that, Brandon? Yeah, I'll just say that oftentimes, um, Primary decision makers and companies are sometimes far removed from what's happening on the ground. And the complaints and things that are written, that process is something that they can be privy to in order to make the workplace better. And so if you have a primary decision maker that is three or four, three or four levels over you, and you don't say anything to anybody, you don't contact whether that's HR or, or, or a high level manager about your concerns about the workplace, the person with the power any ability to change it doesn't know your opinion or your your thought process on a work environment is generally going to be useful you know uh it's generally going to be something that's going to be taken into account and considered in most cases that i've seen you know um, there's always a minority of situations to where that that may not be the case uh, but again 
we just said that four million people resigned in uh, April. Perhaps some of those companies were part of the people uh, were were subject to that. So employees, just like I said earlier, have a huge role into creating more more work environments to make it a place of belonging. It's a two-way street. Yes, it's on the employer. Yes, the businesses and the employer must promote and promulgate policies and a workplace culture that is conducive for employees being themselves. At the same time, um, the companies have to have a way of measuring whether those efforts are successful. And they're not going to know unless the employees are willing to be candid and honest. Right. And sometimes employers really don't want candid and honesty, Brandon. Uh, Let's just take it a little bit further. Um, Sometimes um, employers will listen, but not act. And so that sometimes can, you know, have the employees feel like, okay, they don't care about me or, you know, they are not willing to listen. And sometimes if I speak, then, oh, my God. I am the one who is causing the issue within the department, within the company, and I'm seen as a quote unquote troublemaker when I'm speaking out in order to improve on certain things within the organization. Because let's face it, Brandon, not every employer is willing to accept feedback. You know, for me, being a a facilitator at a university, Uh, At the end of my classes, I would say to students, okay, how can I serve you better? Let let me hear what is it that I can improve on for my next class? What is it that you want me to do differently? You have to be strong, uh, be a strong person in order to take that feedback because sometimes those feedback are not something that you want to hear, but you have to really step back as employers and evaluate right? And try to see where the employees are coming from and make those changes because it only improves on your company, your company image, your corporate branding, how how you are, how you position yourself within, within the marketplace. And if talent, good talent is going to be attracted to your organization. And, and so with that said, Brandon, what effect, if any, does choice of words affect the attitude of an employee when they are being responded to by HR? And how can this affect the brand of the organization? I appreciate that question, but I am going to, you know, I do have a comment for what you, what you just said. And, you know, the, you know, part of this is this, right? Not all companies are the same and not all are perfect that's that can't be understated right every, every there are different spectrums of different employees across the country that, that that all have that all have different practices and so the one thing that i can say for you know employees that are trying to experience a better workplace is that you know we started this conversation saying saying that employees are leaving employees we're in a time where um employees are trying to um, are trying to figure out what's best, what's what's best for them, and they're trying to figure out where to work, what are the workplaces that are going to be conducive to your principles. You know, I don't mind saying that that even law firms all have a different kind of kind of feel, all have a different kind of culture. I'm happy to be with. I can honestly say Jackson Lewis, and what's what's happening at my firm is very very conducive and consistent with my principles that I um, stand for 
in terms of really trying to create environments that are more inclusive in places where people can feel like you know that they belong. So even I, um, to some extent, work with an organization that is consistent with the principles that I stand by. So as what I can say is that during this time period, how are you going to know? Even if I agree with you, well, in which I don't agree, I don't think most companies are doing that, Noya. But even if, let's just say, if hypothetically, um, there's a company and you say, "Hey, I, I think this is what this is what we can do for the culture. This is what we can do to make things better." Here, here, here are my thoughts, and they don't listen to what you have to say. They don't, they don't take it into account. They just badger, or or, or, as, or, or as you say. Um, just kind of you know, strong arm you in return, that might not be a place for employ for where that employee wants to work. And what we're seeing in the great resignation that if enough employees make that decision, um, you know, it, it can definitely have an effect. You know, it, it can have an effect. Um, and what's happening is that not a, there's not enough honesty. Um, in the workplace, and you want to get get to a point to where, if you are in a culture that is not that is not inclusive, that is not consistent with um, what you're trying to do, or with you having a having a better life, you want to get get to a point to where um, where if if no one says anything, and you have a hundred workers and no one says anything, we don't know. And that's the problem is that nobody knows what the situation is. If you have 50 people say something, now we know, you know, and even if even if those 50 people aren't there to see the change, there's a high and strong likelihood that things that that things to get better. Firms like 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 Jackson Lewis are built on helping companies grow and on helping companies achieve those kind of goals, you know, in, in terms of trying to um, and you know, saying by the way, I, you know, saying these opinions are not that of of Jackson Lewis. This is just me. This is just Brandon Campbell, the person. Uh, but what I can say say is that law firms work with companies to develop policies to try to make uh, the workplace a place of, to help it become more inclusive. So, are there companies out there that are these, uh, you know, as Noya saying, these uh, you know, saying bad actors out there? I'm sure there are, you know, I'm sure there are, but I mean, as we're seeing with the great resignation, um, it, it's going to be harder to be a bad actor going, going forward. All right. I, you know, I'll get to the question. Um, um, choice of words. Okay. Okay. <laughs> choice of words. So yeah, I mean, choice of words has a, has a huge effect. I can tell you, well, feedback. Um, I mean, this is a huge factor in many different industries to where somebody, uh, says something. And it, you know, let's just take it to a more micro level. Even when we're talking about performance, you know, you could say you could tell someone, you could give someone feedback that is specific, and say, "Hey, you messed up on A, B, C, or D." Or you could say, "Oh, this is terrible," or "This is horrible," or "This was, this was, uh, this that that was a dumb thing to say." And mm -hmm. those different, you know, say hyperbolic phrases tend to get you more problems and more issues, you know. And also, if if you're a company, it makes it more difficult. To defend a claim because you know if if you're saying um one of the biggest defenses uh you know and a employer can have is whether or not your decision was based on a legitimate business reason and legitimate business reasons tend to be 
things that are not that are not hyperbolic, not inflammatory language. There are there are specific items. We ask you to do. We ask you to, to complete 20 widgets a day. And you completed five widgets a day. I mean, that's a really good example of hey, this is completely performance based and not you know subjective opinion. You know, so you want to try to stay away from being as subjective as possible. But when that comes to um, com complaints and things, even if a company cannot at that time implement the strategy that that employee is proposing, let's say an employee says, hey, I think you know, I think we need to start having more literature on Juneteenth. Employee comes and says, hey, I want to, I think we want to have more literature. We need to start passing out. I, I want the company uh, to pass out booklets and to pass out articles on Juneteenth to not just, don't just, don't just in an email, you know, but I want, you know, I think the company should pass out articles and booklets explaining the history of Juneteenth. Now, that's a very good, I mean, I like that. I think that's a very good, right. good, um, you know, suggestion to make. I think we should all try to be educated about all of our holidays, um, including Juneteenth. So, but maybe, you know, Juneteenth is a relatively new holiday. It, it was just just recognized federally this, this year. So, um, you know, maybe the company right now can't do that this year. But I think the way you handle that, if, if you say, hey, look, we appreciate that suggestion. Um, it's not something that that we're able to implement today, but it is something that that we'll consider going going forward. And you make sure that you follow up on that. And and if you can't, and and if you do that, um, I've I found that you know people really just want to be treated with some, you know, with some dignity, respect. respect. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, even if you don't you don't ultimately implement that policy, there's the reason if you if you maintain the communication with that employee and you say, hey, listen, we're not able to do it because of X or Y, but we are going to do this. We are going to do, you know, so we are doing this to promote um, Juneteenth and diversity, right? Um, usually that's going to be good. That's that's usually not going to, not going to elicit any further um, complaints, but, right. you know, but, you know, most of the time, if you're an employee that says, no, I'm not going to listen to you or, or if you don't hear them out, and uh, you know the hand doesn't know what the brain is is thinking. You're gonna have a problem. Lack communication um, comes behind many many lawsuits um, are hinged upon what can be started off as simply as simply communication issues. Right. You know. That's so, for sure. That's for sure, Brandon. And I'm glad you brought up uh, inflammatory words or just the hyperboles mm -hmm. that are used. So those sometimes I think employers are not aware of what they say and how they say. And then that will have the staff becoming very defensive. And then you're wondering, OK, why is the staff being so defensive? But you're not looking at yourself to see, OK, these hyperboles are inflammatory words that you're using. Just simply stick to what it is. Right. Instead right. of saying, OK, you did a X type of job or um, why did you do this? Or you start a sentence with you did. Right. That is already a defensive language or a, a language that will have the employee being defensive and they begin to feel like, OK, I can't express myself. Right. And so therefore, employees set psyche that can affect their psyche and then uh, over time, when it builds up, then they just decide to leave. 
as you said earlier, Brandon, over 4 million in April have left. Persons are really seeing that there, there is better out there and they want to be treated as equals. They want to be treated with respect. They want to be heard. We're not trying to be rude. We're just trying to let you know that this is how you can do. Brandon? Yeah, no, I mean, that's it. You know, you want to, you know, I don't know if this is something that happened in the past or, or what, but one thing that that I've seen many leaders struggle with, definitely in litigating cases, you know, I, I've seen many leaders struggle with the concept of just respect, you know, and there's a way that you can give someone um, criticism without being disrespectful. There is a way to do it. Um, and you make sure that it is performance-based. You, you, you try to limit the inflammatory, the hyperbole uh, parts of it and just simply say what happened and what you expect going going forward, you know, and what, what, what should have been done. And, and I know many different HR professionals have been trained on that, but, but I mean, not every manager or supervisor is an HR person. So, so, you know, this is something that companies can be doing to train uh, their, their, their leaders and uh, employees on how to give proper feedback. And when you're getting a suggestion from an employee about uh, what, what can be done for the culture, what can be done to, to sort of enhance or make the workplace better, to listen. Um, and even if you don't ultimately implement it, listen. It's okay to just listen. And many times when you listen to people, uh, people feel feel better and feel like you know they've been heard. Uh, but you know, but but you know, again, where we started was employees have to be willing to speak. And um, if you don't speak, you'll you'll never know the truth. You know, are you right. with one of those? Are you with one of those with with one of those bad actors, or are you with a company that's in the process? Of trying to transition or trying to make changes to make to you know make make the place make the workplace better, which you know I would still tell you I believe, and this is just me, I believe the vast vast majority of uh, employers are are right now in this age trying to make the workplace better, if, if anything, for for business purposes, so you won't so so you won't be one of those you know saying four million. Uh, right? Four million resignations. You don't want those four million <laughs> resignations to be in your company. So e even if it's just for business purposes, I think um, most most employers are are trying to figure out um, what they can do to make the workplace better. And so you have to say something. And, and if you say something and it it doesn't work out and and it and you get pushback, that's something that you should consider going forward. But um, you never know. Maybe you say something and it does ring. It does, um, you know, there are, there's a manager there like, you know what, we we were looking for this you know, kind of feedback. You never know. You never right, know. Right. And you don't know until you try. That is true. So, Brandon, do you want to give us some closing thoughts? What do you think about the program today? I've learned so much. I mean, it's really eye-opening. I like, you know, the discussion that we've been having and I hope that, um, in the next podcast, we can we can continue on a similar path, Brandon. Yeah, you're saying yeah, guys. These these podcasts are are fully fully authentic. Um, you know, I didn't know uh, what what Noya was going to say. She didn't know what I was going to say. <laughs> and so we come on here and we give you guys a really full, um, authentic 
experience. Most most podcasts, me and Noria are are generally <laughs> on the same side. This this podcast, we both took the opposite side, but that's good because um, that's good because both sides are heard, whether you're the company or the or, or the uh, employee. Uh, both sides and their perspectives uh, were probably represented on today. So uh, this was a good one. This was a fun one, and I'm happy you all decided to join us. Yes, that's for, for real, Brandon. And they say, happy employees make a good company. <laughs> Sometimes the customer isn't always right. If your employees are happy, then that's good too. You have retention, you have more customers coming in. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to listen to this and our other podcast episodes, you can catch us on Spotify or visit our website at www.smasouthflorida.com. Org. As well as you can follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at SMA South Florida. Thank you so much for joining us.